We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2021 Week 9 Rankings, Debate, Breakdown, Stardom, Sidem, everything that you need. You want the full list of the rankings updated every single day? Hit the description. You want to play in the best tournament on DraftKings? That is also easy. The Pat Mayo Experience Listeners and Viewers League. You're viewing this so you can play in the league. Link is in the description. $15 to play. Three max entry. No rake thus. Making it the best tournament on DraftKings. Remember to smash a like, sub to the channel, and we'll jump right into running backs with Jake Seeley from TheAthletic.com. There is one question I need to pose to you right now, Jake. Yes. McNichols or Peterson? Because I'm going McNichols. Adrian Peterson. No, uh, so no. here's why. And I, I, I look, I get it. But the unappealing side of it is the fact that Jeremy Nichols is not going to be between the tackles runner. He's just not that running back. We had the same conversation with Derrick Henry in past years. And McNichols is just not that. Can he be Boston Scott and maybe get six or seven carries? He's only had double digit carries once because that's just who he is. Well, hold, hold top- on, hold, hold on. Is it that that's who he is or Derrick Henry was there? No, that's who he is. It's uh, and that's what I was gonna say. The difference between Boston Scott is Boston Scott is somewhat like Philip Lindsay, uh, kind of in that range where you can see some power between the tackles. Like McNichols just isn't that. McNichols' role is McNichols' role. Will he see an increase in touches? Probably. And I'm not saying Adrian Peterson's got to be top 15. I'm not even saying probably top 20. But you can draw the parallels, and I did it. If you want to go to my waiver column, The Athletic, is I pulled up the stats, and I looked at everything from Adrian Peterson's use last year with the disgusting Lions and compared him to Derrick Henry. And everything is pretty in line. I'm not saying Adrian Peterson's even on the same stratosphere as Derrick Henry at this point of his career. But we've already heard from the team they are not changing their game plan. Yes, they probably pass a little bit more. But Adrian Peterson is going to fill the Derrick Henry role. And what the Derrick Henry role is, he's not that used in the passing game. So what are we going for here? We're going for 15 carries. You hope he scores. You hope most week he gets you 15 for 60. 
again, I'm not saying the gap is huge, and I'm not saying McNichols can't outscore Adrian Peterson any given week, but Adrian Peterson, for everybody who wants to poop on him for this part of his career, still was fine with the Lions, and now he gets to play for the Titans in the same role, and that's why I go Adrian Peterson. It's close, but I'm going Adrian Peterson. I would just take the passing upside of McNichols. If he can get himself to 7 to 10 carries a game and put that in with four to eight targets a game. I think that's the more valuable fantasy player looking See, at the, looking at the Titans schedule. And I think this is where it really breaks down games against the Texans. Although the last one's not going to be relevant for fantasy purposes in week 18. So you have the dolphins, the Jags and the Texans. <laughs> Those feel like Adrian Peterson games to me on the Titans, the right. Rams, the saints, the Patriots and the Steelers, and even the 49ers. Those feel like McNichol usage games to me. Uh, I, I say definitely the Rams and the Saints. I just don't want anybody. Like their defense is that good. I, I think that would be something I don't even mess with in that game, honestly. So I just don't see a lot where McNichols has that clearly of an edge. Again, I think it's close, but you know, you asked me for Adrian Peterson. And I will say one thing, Pat, you said like before we jump right in, I do want to say you always point out when I win things and I got two on you last week, thanks to the rushing touchdown yeah. and I got you on Damian Harris. I got you on Damian Harrison, but you got me on Alvin Kamara. You did say Alvin Kamara should be much lower. And I had Alvin Kamara as a top five running back. You were right about that last week. Pat always right. That's what I heard. <laughs> it works for me. <laughs> Let's get to the ranking so I can make some more horrible bets and lose them. Austin Eckler. I have is my number one running back this week. I think there's a group of like five, six guys that could potentially be in the running for number one. It's so weird to have a slate with like a downgraded Elvin Kamara in his usage now. Uh, and we don't even know who's starting at quarterback for them. At least I don't. Uh, I assume it's going to be Taysom Hill if he can play, but I don't know if he can play this week. So it's looking like Trevor Simeon for the moment. So Eckler, Najee Harris, Daryl Henderson, Jonathan Taylor, Dalvin Cook, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, I would say is tier one. Those are the top seven. You have Mixon, Aaron Jones, and Nick Chubb. I'd say that's tier two. Cordero at number 11 is probably a tier unto himself. Then you go Elijah Mitchell, Michael Carter, Khalil Herbert, Devontae Booker, James Robinson, if he plays, which I'm expecting him to. It sounds like he's day-to-day. -day. Josh Jacobs should be back. Damian Harris, Chuba Hubbard, Daryl Williams. I think that's, and that's, 12 through 20. I think that's, that's like the, that's like the next <laughs> tier of running back. Then you get into guys in just split situations. Maybe this is a more favorable game for them. Like I have at 21, I go Zach Moss, Melvin Gordon, Boston Scott, the Arizona guys, Connor and Edmonds, Jeremy McNichols at number 26, Miles Gascan, Ty Johnson, Mark Ingram, good Lord, Latavius Murray at number 30, presuming he is healthy at the moment. So there's a <laughs> lot of questions that are up in the air. That's why I always do update the rankings. And the injury cheat sheet is also going to be down in the description as well. I'll be sending out a new updated uh, newsletter on Tuesday evening with all the new injury statuses. And then those will be updated every single day as well. In case you were wondering who's in and who is out of the rankings and what I'm thinking about, it's going to be more important once we get to wide receiver. Cause I don't have Devonte Adams rank because it's pretty easy. If Devonte Adams plays, he's like number one or number two. If he doesn't play though, I think that's a more interesting discussion and he's probably like 50, 50 to play. It all depends on if he can test negative for COVID at this point. Uh, he could be back by Thursday. He could not play against Kansas city this week. That could be the problem. <laughs> Uh, should I should I have ranked Derek Gore higher? 
No. <laughs> Where do you have? You have him 39? No, I think their 39 is a fair spot for him. I was going to clarify one thing, too, is to go back to Adrian Peterson. I agree with your ranking for this week, especially in Adrian Peterson's first game and against this matchup. That that's I would definitely go McNichols over Peterson for this week. But I was thinking long-term more for your question, just to clarify that. Uh, with the Derek Orr situation, it's funny how perception skews everything because I saw a lot of tweets. I've seen comments already in my waiver column. People are like, Derek Gore just looked better. Like, no. It was the perception of he looked really good on that drive. He scored the touchdown. And then people just got this opinion from because of the Chiefs offense. It looked disjointed that entire game of like, oh, Derek Gore looked better. Go back and look at the entire game. Watch Darrell Williams in the second half. And especially like late, I think it was late in the third or early in the fourth. Darrell Williams still looked good. Darrell Williams was still very good. Darrell Williams was actually better than Frank Gore on yards after contact. Derek as Darrell Williams has Derek, been. Derek Gore. Der, not, der, not, yeah, not Frank. Yeah, der, der, uh, no, Frank, Derek, Derek Gore, I think. I didn't say like, Frank, did I? You did say Frank. Uh, I think that Derek Gore is Frank Gore's like long, long, like long lost, like descendant or something like that, like eight generations removed. The funny thing was, Derek is Frank Gore. Gore was trending because of it, because everybody was searching to see if it was his son. <laughs> it's like, no, his son's not out of college for another year plus. Like, chill out. He, it's coming. His son is coming, but he's not here yet. Uh, and his son might not even connect in the NFL. But that being said, I think where you have him is a fair spot. I do think Derek Gore is going to be involved. And if you are looking at waivers and AJ. Adrian Peterson and McNichols are gone. Uh, you missed on Boston Scott, and maybe he's still out there, and you missed on him again this week or whatever. I would go grab Gore because if something happens to Daryl Williams before Clyde Edwards-Alaire gets back, Gore would be the next one up because McKinnon's keeping his role, which is very limited as a pass catcher at best. So that's why, but where you have him at 39 in that same range of like Burkhead, Hasty, and Drake and stuff like that, that's I would I would have ranked them probably in that same range. Yeah. So Adrian Peterson, number 37, Sex Rex Burkhead, number 38, the highest of the Houston running backs. Who was that random guy who I had never heard of who started getting carries for them? Scotty very, Phillips. Scotty, yeah. Where did this this come from? Scotty Phillips has been around. It's just that the Texans are insistent on using four running backs. The interesting thing is that they're talking about potentially trading Rex Burkhead. Again, I put that tweet out earlier today and said, yeah, this is like your fantasy team being like, oh, I'm putting this guy in the trade block and then waivers run and it's all the guys that they were trying to trade away. Houston included Burkhead as one of the guys they potentially trade away. The funny thing is, is like, even if they did, I think they'd find another fourth running back to get involved. Uh, the David Johnson one week hoped to have increased value just straight out the window. Uh, I just wouldn't touch anybody in this backfield. I'd be hard-pressed. Even where you have Burkhead, nah. I'd go Gore. I'd go Freeman, even if Murray's back. I'd go Ahmed because there's no Malcolm Brown. I would go Carlos Hyde even if James Robinson plays. I would have to go so far before I even touched a single Houston running back. I would play Dur- I would play Darius Johnson before I played a single Houston running back. I like Sex Rex. Hopefully he can get involved in the passing game this week. That would be very nice for me. And, sure. and listen, listen, he he was getting the majority of the work before they got down like 39 nothing. So I guess Yeah, because they're trying to trade him. Yeah, they're they're listen, they they they're can, the fantasy manager that does this. They set their lineup on Wednesday and put the guy they're trying to trade in their lineup. Like everybody's gonna look at their lineup and be like, "Oh, well, he's actually gonna start him," and then drop some. Any no, that's all they're trying to do. I tried that with Allen Robinson for like the course of the entire year. <laughs> if he and we're recording this before the trade deadline, if Allen Robinson doesn't get <laughs> traded, I think he's instantly droppable. Oh, he's been droppable. The, I agreed yeah. with you last week and said the only reason I would hold him is because you brought up the fact that he might get traded. Otherwise, like 10-teamers, I wasn't even holding out hope sure, for that. Sure, yeah. 
yeah, yeah. In, in 10 team leagues, eight, there was no reason to hold on to it. But if he does end up in a favorable situation, then you know, I he, do have you, you would end this up open just in case we get a trade. I, I, I do you really think there's going to be a trade? There's never a trade. Like I, I'm the biggest trade I can no, ever remember at the, at the trade deadline. I think it was the Chargers traded for like Chris Chambers. Like that's the only one that really oh, pops God. to my mind. Wow, <laughs> that's that's as, we were young at that point too. Holy crap! Uh, I think there's been stuff to this, but no, no, no. I expect trades to happen. Uh, if you told me odds on betting, I think probably the biggest name would be Evan Ingram if that even happens. Ima- and that's imagine because... a team being like, you know who we need? Evan Ingram. Like I heard it to no, because heard, I heard the rumor. They to only Green have Bay. to pay it's a like, sixth rounder. That's too much. It should be no, Evan. It should be Evan Ingram and a sixth rounder for nothing. No, 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 because he's still on his rookie deal. The problem is, is as we've seen with Jason Garrett, he loves the Kyle Rudolph kind of Jason Wittens of the world. And but you know, no, I'm saying that to say like that would probably be the biggest name. If Rex Burkhead goes somewhere, we don't care. If Nikhil Harry goes somewhere, we don't care. Like that's my I'm agreeing with you by saying the biggest name is probably going to be like an Evan Ingram at best. If you have trade questions for your fantasy trade deadline, I have you covered while well, myself and Chris Meany have you covered. Next Monday, instead of doing waiver wire, we are doing rest of the season rankings. I will release my top 100, I guess, top 150, whatever it may be. And in the comment section of that show, if you do have a question, Meany or I will get back to you on your trade question. So that's uh, that's going to be our trade deadline deal. I don't feel like doing a live show, Jake. Just don't feel like it. No, I was actually, you didn't respond yet. Or did I miss you on the email? Meany hasn't responded either yet. I was going to do a podcast special for the All In Sports, which I haven't done because it's been on hiatus because I have too much going on. I was going to kind of like retire that show and do a trade deadline special with like 20 people, just two to three minutes, what your trade t- target is or somebody you're trying to trade away. That sounds like a lot of editing. Gonna, it is, but it's it's worth it. To, it's, I it's didn't, the go away show. Didn't, I didn't get an email. I'll have to go double check. Oh, I might have sent it to the old. It's every so often I get your old email, the old, old one. Like, my, I accidentally, like my, my, my Roto Experts email? <laughs> not, not that I, one, I like the one before you changed it. To, <laughs> I know. I'll have to go double check. I'll have to send you. But anyway, no, because it's going to be like a retirement show. And I wanted to say thank you to everybody that actually ever did the All In Sports podcast. So do we think that Saquon is going to play? No. I don't they think They have so their bye next week. Yeah. They have their bye. There's, it makes no sense. Although there's a lot of teams that don't make any sense. So okay. look how much the Washington keeps rolling out Antonio Gibson. Do we think that James Robinson is going to play? I actually lean no. Okay, so only because okay, let's just let's go with the assumption because I have him at number sixteen in the running back rankings this week, which is down Mm -hmm. from where he would normally be. Not a great matchup against the Bills, and he could be limited and re-aggravate this heel injury if he does play. So let's say he is out. Where does Carlos Hyde rank? Mm -hmm. Twenty Boston Scott range. Twenty-one ahead of Zach Moss because Carlos Hyde is going to get the Devonte Booker workload. He's going to get that eighty-five to ninety percent of the snap share because Urban Meyer loves him. Some <laughs> he wants Carlos Hyde to happen. And look who's behind him, Dare and Gubawali, and they just brought back Divine Zigbo. So yeah, this this would be Carlos Hyde seeing a massive amount of snaps. I have Michael Hurricane Carter ranked at number 13. Mm-hmm. Won me a bunch of money last week, by the way. Thank you, me too. Michael Carter. Me uh, too. Do you know who else won me money? Ty Johnson. Just after watching Magic Mike White come into the game two weeks ago, it's like, oh, all he does is throw to his running backs. Just play whatever. I was just praying Kevin Coleman was going to be ruled inactive, which he was. So I, I don't think he's going to play on Thursday night either. So I think both those guys are viable. Here's the issue now that there's game tape on Magic Mike. And if I can be sitting there on my TV and be like, hmm, he only throws. He only throws 
two types of passes, dump offs to his running backs and <laughs> over the middle to Jamison Crowder. If there's a team specifically designed in order to take that away, it's this Colts speedy linebacking core. If they just send either Darius Leonard out on Jamison Crowder, which they probably won't, they'll probably use him as a spy for the running backs. They might not be that good this week. No, certainly. Uh, but the thing is, I'll keep drawing the comparison as I did after the draft and said Michael Carter is an Austin Eckler mold. Uh, do I think he's on Austin Eckler's tier yet? Absolutely not, even after last week. But that mold and the fact that, yeah, I think where you still have Carter, even everything you just pointed out, is still a warranted rank. My concern is that, yeah, and people know I've been campaigning for Ty Johnson for the past two weeks. It's like, hey, look, I tweeted this out yesterday, Pat. He's RB25 over the last four weeks, despite only playing three games because the Jets had their bye. So the point is, is stop ignoring Ty Johnson. But this week does look a little concerning for what you said. Yeah, they accounted for over 40% of the targets combined last week. You know, 40% of the targets going to the backfield. So you bring up a valid point, and it's always risky to trust a Ty Johnson. Uh, you might have to play him in your flex. But yes, C Carter, I'm still okay with because how many attempts did he have last week? 14 or 15 rush attempts? So his role is going his role is cemented uh the only concern like you said would be if tevin coleman inexplicably active but it doesn't seem like it would be on a short week no so i will continue to have ranked him at number 13 i think he's a fine play but i could see this being a trickier matchup as the colts defense continues to get better maybe on a short week they won't have as much time to prepare so it won't be that big of a deal and listen they'll force him the ball don't get me wrong uh mike white he might throw like three picks trying to throw running back screens but they're gonna be there for both those guys i just don't know how much the upside is against i mean oh, one of them will go for a pick six so yeah, play, you know, play the defense yeah play yeah. Oh, daniel jones was like this if that defender didn't fall on the ground that was a pick six oh my god that was so glorious for if you would have had the chiefs defense last night danny thumbs no longer fumbling the ball remember when he cut the pass last week and somehow it was like a one-handed catch he got rocked and somehow held on to it where where's this been all of his life no, the funny thing is, is uh, I think it was either Peyton or Eli because I was watching the Manning cast for most of that game while I was working on the waiver column, and I think it was Peyton. I don't remember. One of them mentioned, he said, he's ever, he's never fumbled on designed runs. His fumbles have come on when he's taken off of a broken play, which is a weird, interesting thing. Hmm. Do we think Damian Williams plays this week? Mm, even if so, uh, the interesting thing was I brought that up to you last week on your show, and I said I don't know that he wasn't necessarily 100% coming off COVID. And what happened in that game, Bat? Damian Williams got the start in the first touch, in the first snap, in the first carry. So if he plays, I'm still a little hesitant on trusting Khalil Herbert. Where You have him at 14. If, if Damian Williams plays, I'm not going to slide him down crazy. I would probably drop Khalil Herbert to the Chuba Hubbard range right behind because I trust Damian Harris and Josh Jacobs. So I'm not moving him that far. But that first touch going to Damian does concern me a little bit. Uh, I, they don't need him, but I, I don't see why they don't play him if he's, if he's healthy. I don't get why they don't just say, hey, Khalil Herbert, touch the ball every time. You actually look good when you touch the ball. He just put up some pretty good numbers against Tampa and San Francisco. And this is another tough matchup, but he keeps coming through. I mean, Fields is helping that, obviously, but he does look better than Damian Williams. It, absolutely. But we say this a lot. I look, we go back to Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer was legitimately forced to go back to James Robinson. Forced. And then, oh my God, look how good James Robinson is. Like, these coaches are just co They just talked about Evan Ingram. We have freaking Jason Garrett making Kyle Rudolph run fades in the end zone at 75 years old. These coaches are coaches, man. Where are the other ones? We think Josh Jacobs plays. Let's say he doesn't play. How high does Drake go up? Uh, well, is Peyton Barber active? 
I don't know. <laughs> that, that's going to be the, the tricky thing. I think with this new coaching staff and not Gruden, it would around, be Drake. I think it, it would yeah. be Drake. I don't know how high. I'd probably put him. In that, like, Melvin, like Melvin Gordon. Gordon. Mel- yeah, that's exactly the name. Melvin Gordon, Zach Moss. <laughs> I actually brought up Melvin Gordon as if you lost Derrick Henry as a cheap plug-and-play guy you can go trade for right now. The Broncos' end-of-the-year schedule is soft. It is. Uh, and that's why I think that the Javante Williams, depending on the perception, you might be able to get him cheap, too. But Melvin Gordon has been a cheap trade piece because people want, and rightfully so, want Javante Williams to happen. But it's not. It's not happening unless Melvin Gordon gets hurt. So they're going to be 50-50 down the stretch but the good thing about it is melvin gordon is more consistent and more used in the passing game less touchdown reliant so yes i am with you and he's probably and if i said a hundred trades you'd probably pay less than you would for javante williams in those hundred trades yes that that's why i identified melvin gordon as the trade target because i thought you could get him for less because people are just attached yeah. to Javante Williams. For good reason. He looks good when he plays some yeah. of the time. Uh, and we all expected him to eventually take over this role, or at least be 60-40 or 70-30. But Melvin Gordon's just been the better fantasy player. Yeah, uh, 100%. Were you surprised at how much Mark Ingram was used in his first game back with the Saints? No, because they don't have much of a passing game. And I think the Mark Ingram situation just showed, you know, similar to other running backs with like Larry Fitzgerald, breath of life at the end of his career. AJ Green's doing it now with Arizona. You can't have a messy, crappy hell of a situation, not only to a better team, but a team with all your buddies and best friend. They were having fun. Like that's really, it's, I think Emery was the one, somebody talked about it too, is like, you could just talk about like the spirit, like, I mean, look at, I'm not trying to like pull myself into this at all. I'm just saying like, I, I was down in the dumps. I was like kind of doing the shows like 90%, like just because life happened, like you can have a better spirit about you and feel better on the field. Like Melvin, Mark Ingram did. So Mark Ingram immediately go, where'd you have him? Yeah. 29. I was going to say, put him right back into the RB three conversation. Cause you hope he gets a touchdown. And if anything were to happen to Kamara again, I mean, at Mark Ingram at this point of his career isn't what Mark Ingram used to be. And I know you hate him, but Mark Ingram, if something happened to Camaro, would be a top 15 running back. This would be a nice chance for me and Mark Ingram to make up at the very end of his career. <laughs> Somehow he could Liddell bets me away to a fantasy championship. I would be okay with that. All would be forgiven over the last decade between myself and Mark Ingram, who once talked shit to me at the Super Bowl. So that was fun. We got there a, you go. You get you could like sit on one of those cliffs at like the end of movies at the sunset and just, you know, arm in arm and make up and be nice yeah i don't know if i could get my entire arm around me is very broad shoulders and i have little t-rex maybe this was waist then yeah, yeah. i mean he's, 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 he's still a, svelte he's a big he's svelte he's a big dude i'm like i said i got little t-rex arms it's tough for me to navigate <laughs> in the world what else do we have at running back that we can talk about it's pretty straightforward this week there's the guys that it are is. going to okay how about this in terms of the saints if Taysom starts do i have to downgrade the running backs because Taysom might steal their touchdowns Eh, slightly and also because we know Taysom Hill also doesn't throw to the running back just like Trevor Simeon apparently didn't get the message that Jameis Winston had to figure out the two weeks before that that (laughs) hey let's throw to that Camara guy so Taysom Hill I actually do think Taysom Hill plays because it's been a concussion and that's why he's been out and they said he's good chance to play and it's surprising that he hasn't come back from the concussion already of course that's a concern but if it's Hill, actually, even if it's Simeon, because Simeon doesn't throw the running back, Simeon's worse than Taysom Hill is. Uh, I'd go Mixon, Jones, Chubb, 
I probably stopped there. I think I think Camara Cordell Patterson would be a conversation. God, we're having that conversation. <laughs> like, think about this season. Camara and Cordell Patterson I, I, in the same group. I actually think that is the single biggest thing in season I've been wrong about so far. When the Cordero Patterson stuff came up after I think it was week one or week two, whatever it was, when it was like, "Huh, they're using him as a running back." I was like, "This is such a flash in the pan. He's only getting like ten touches a game. He can't continue to score three touchdowns." But he's actually evolved into being a great fantasy player. A hundred percent between he's running away with waiver pickup of the year. Elijah Mitchell's on his heels. Uh, some people did draft Cordell Patterson. If you paid attention to Ian Hart, and his love in like the 14th yeah, round. Hold on, hold on. People drafted Cordell Patterson in best ball in like the 24th round in regular redraft leagues, like 12 and 14 leagues. He was not going like maybe one out of a hundred drafts. saw see Pat. Game. Yeah. So I said, that that's, what, that's what I was giving the percent. I wasn't saying like Ian Hart has the, the breadth of reach of Matthew Barry, I was just saying, like, it's like you might have had a smattering of it. Uh, that being said, is even Ian, even the biggest fans of Cordell Patterson didn't expect this. Even the ones telling us to listen, I was with you. I was sitting there saying, "Remember Kevin Olgatree and how fun those first two weeks were for Kevin Olgatree." Just don't overreact to the beginning of the season. Yes, hundred percent wrong in Cordell Patterson, no question about it. Uh, and the fact that we're having this conversation is all that you need to know. Cordell Patterson is an RB one. No, I've. Time machine people would have been wonderful. What's going on, everyone? Are you getting old like me? Or do you just feel like in the mornings, if you've had even like two glasses of wine or three beer, that you're not doing good anymore? Or if you go and work out, you're incredibly sore. Have you tried to play like flag football anytime recently? And then the next day, like your hips don't work to the point where walking is difficult. It's not just because you're a terrible athlete now and in horrible shape. It's also because you have no hydration. So Elevate Hydration from Beam is what you need to help yourself recover. Because when you're not hydrated, you know the feeling. Sometimes you get headaches, you have body fatigue. You just don't feel your best. And you should be feeling your best. And Elevate gives your body the electrolytes it's craving thanks to a supercharged stack of electrolytes like coconut water, pink Himalayan sea salt, sourced entirely from nature. Plus, it tastes amazing, and that is pretty awesome as well. Elevate comes in three flavors for your specific needs, but here's really the big deal. You can get them for free right now. Yeah, you want stuff for free? It's super easy. Our listeners can get a free Elevate sample pack by going to beamorganics.com slash mayo. That's B-E-A-M organics.com slash mayo to get your free sample pack. Stay hydrated, get your free stuff, and use that promo code MAYO to tell them we sent you, all right? And if you're hungover or if you're just old and out of shape and you need hydration, beamorganics.com slash MAYO is where you want to be. Wide receiver rankings. Before we came on air, I was telling you that I found it really hard to rank wide receivers. Like, just even looking at my top 10, I was like, huh. After five, it gets tough. And even one of the names inside the top five, I don't think people would expect to be there, but just consistency prevails a lot in these situations where you just don't really have to worry about... He might not score the most fantasy points, but he's going to score a lot of fantasy points every single week. He just continues to do it. Number five in my rankings, which... Oh, yes. Deont Bay. Yes, my Deont Bay for life. So so Cooper Cup. There's no Devontae Adams uh, in these rankings as of right now. We can talk about that situation. He'd be number two if he plays, so make it easy on yourself. Cooper Cup, number one. Debo, number two, Tyreek Hill, number three, Jamah Chase, number four, 
Deontay Johnson, number five. A.J. Brown, bad matchup. CeeDee Lamb, I don't know what's going on at quarterback. Justin Jefferson, not the best matchup, and frankly, not as good outside as he is inside. DeAndre Hopkins, who knows? He's like boom or bust every single week. Michael Pittman at number 10. T.Y. Hilton is out for this game. I actually do like Michael Pittman a lot here. Then I go Keenan Allen, Steph Diggs, who's just, like, not good, which is weird. Mike Williams, Amari <laughs> Cooper, Adam Thielen, Hollywood Brown, DJ Moore, Chase Claypool, Brennan Cooks, and it could be a pretty bad matchup for him. And then Jamison Crowder, Chowdale. Say it right, Frenchie. Number 20. Number 20, <laughs> Thursday night against the Colts. He could be traded too, though. Uh, he could be. I saw somebody, I forget who it was, tweeted out last night and said if this is going to be the new Chiefs game plan trade for Crowder, they need that underneath presence and they need somebody like him versus what's going on with Hardman. Uh, but anyway, that being said, I, I wanted to ask you one top 10 yeah, top 10 question. I don't have much of a problem with Justin Jefferson. It's the funny thing, as you mentioned, that he doesn't do as well outside, but that was the whole complaint about him coming out of college. And everybody's like, oh, it doesn't matter. Look at how great he is as a rookie. And again, I only bring that to say perception is things can change. Like you can overperform, but still have a flaw that teams decide to exploit and kind of forcing him in a little bit and forcing him where the outside doesn't work as well. With all that being said, still top 10. Uh, if George Kittle surprisingly comes back, Debo Samuel still number two for you? No, I'd probably drop him down to like six. Okay. I was just curious. Yeah. That that, that was the only one outside your I, top 10. Uh, I don't expect Kittle to be back. Okay. Do you? The, no, but uh, there's, they're pushing for it. They were saying, pra I saw a report scroll across last night that said they're going to try to practice Wednesday. So there you go. Like that could be a situation to monitor if Kittle's back. Uh, I want to go back to the Mike Williams. So you, uh, like me, I'm just only bringing it up because I know people are going to ask, oh, Mike Williams still inside your top 20 after what's happened the past two weeks? I have zero concerns about Herbert and Mike Williams. What about you? I, I don't either. I have him number 13. Keenan Allen's probably the more consistent play, but if you're looking for ceiling, it's probably Mike Williams, and I think that they're both good, and I think the Chargers are going to roll this week. I do too. And the biggest thing is that like Herbert, yes, two interceptions. It's Bill Belichick and the Patriots who still have a great defense, who still know how to limit quarterbacks at any point. And this isn't the narrative that I always push back on and say, you know, the other, th I just said that to you last week, 31 other teams try to do the same thing. It's just some teams are better at it than others. And I am buying Justin Herbert and buying Mike Williams, Mike Williams in that game too. Uh, Brandon Funston brought it up to me. I mentioned it on the other show too, is that he, Mike Williams looked like he might just not be a hundred percent coming off that little tweak of an injury a few weeks ago. And, but close enough against the Eagles. I'm with you. I, I would play Mike Williams. Yeah. I'm Thielen, Marquise Brown. Yeah. I'm okay with all that. Uh, really. I don't, I don't really have a problem with your top 20. Honestly, it, it just, it's, some, it's some like, of the, some of these names just seem like weird to put in there. Like Jamison Crowder, to put him there. Number 20. Like I have Kadarius Tony at number 21 because Galladay, Shepard, and now Dante Pettis might end up missing the game. Like, he might just legitimately be the last man standing. Like, him and John Ross. <laughs> <laughs> that's the, I mean, that's, ooh, John Ross. Uh, well, don't forget Colin with two L's. Oh, yeah, two L Colin. Colin I do like two L Colin. He's, he's sort of a pet project of mine, but uh, he doesn't really put up the fantasy numbers all that often. So 21 to 30 but, is, is, hold on, Tony. Yeah, go ahead. Tony Renfro, Cortland Sutton. Renfro is like the discount version of Deontay Johnson. He just posts fantasy points every week. And if he scores a touchdown, he's like a fringe top 10 guy. It's weird. So Renfro, Sutton, Higgins, Robert Woods, A.J. Green, Emmanuel Sanders, Devontae Smith, Jarvis Landry, Randall Cobb at number 30. Now, he was bailed out by two touchdowns. 
in the Thursday night game against Arizona. And you and I have always said this about him is that whenever he's been asked to be a number one, he hasn't been very good, but it does appear like all of the Devonte Adams red zone routes have now just gone to Randall Cobb. So his touchdown expectancy <laughs> is probably a lot higher than it is for some of these other wide receivers. Well, you also, I don't, you don't have Marquez Valdez Scantling in your, in your rank. I also, you? I also have him out. Uh, yeah. He's supposed to return though. So that he was supposed to return thing, last yeah. week and then he didn't like Devontae Adams. Is pr- I don't want to say he's probably going to play because he was probably going to play. He'd be <laughs> in the rankings, but like, we just don't know with this stuff. And uh, Valdez Scantling, if he was, you know, I guess they gave him the extra 10 days off, but I want to see him at least back practicing in a limited okay. capacity at some point before. Well, I that's why you, you'll update your ranks. Like you yeah. always do. Uh, the only one I, I know you, you touched on him and you just talked about discount, but Hunter Renfro, I have concerns about because when the coaching change happened, he's being phased into the third option like Tyler Boyd. And I don't disagree with you. I've been team Renfro with you this entire season. I kept calling him their version of Cole Beasley, who you have always liked in past years. Uh, but my concern is just uh, right now with what happened, those two games with Drake becoming more of a thing, Brian Edwards running as the number one rugs as the two, and then Renfro getting kicked to number three, similar to Tyler Boyd. I wouldn't have him that high. Uh, I still like Renfro. And I would have him close to Edwards and Ruggs. I actually, I would have him very, I'd basically have for what I'm expecting my projections and rankings to be, I'd probably have them as a drop down of the Cincinnati receivers, where it's like Chase, Higgins, and Boyd as one, two, three wide receivers. I'd probably have them as two, three, four wide receivers, but in the similar order. I just look at Renfro. He's only had fewer than five catches in any game, in one game this season that was three weeks ago against Denver, uh, a game that they won pretty handily that Waller started doing a lot of work in, but he still had five targets in that game, rebounded against Philly with seven catches on mm-hmm. eight targets. Like, the yardage is never going to be there. But when they need a first down, that is who they throw to, and they tend to need first downs a lot. And I like Derek Carr, I like Derek Carr this week. The big difference between Renfro and Ruggs, and this is the big difference between, I think, between, like, season long and something like DraftKings, is I'd much rather play Ruggs on DraftKings because if he's going to go off, he's going to have, like, 171 yards and two touchdowns. It's just he's far right. more likely to score one point. Same as Brian Edwards. Renfro isn't. Renfro is like the safest of the safe guys. You you want to do Renfro versus Beasley? <sighs> By the way, give give me give me uh, uh, give me give me two of the next three weeks. I'll take Renfro over Beasley. If Beasley <laughs> will have a week like last week where he kind of goes off. Then he'll kind of fade into obscurity because that's just that's been the problem with the Bills' offense so far and trying to mine their fantasy guys. It's just every other week it's someone else. Yeah, so but I was gonna say that. Well, I was I was trying to bait you into that one because I was gonna say if you remember the show last week, I said Tyler Lockett could still be a solid play because while you target everybody against Jacksonville, I brought up to you the one slot. thing you especially do slot just destroys them. And honestly, Freddie Swain almost had a touchdown if Geno didn't sail that to Freddie Swain in the end. That's the slot. Like I, I'm that was the one I immediately looked for. I would have Cole Beasley all the way up, but I'd play Cole Beasley over AJ Green against San Francisco this week. Okay, I can be talked into that. I'll put him, uh, yeah, I'll put him right You there. love the bees, too. I do. So listen, I don't need to be talked into the bees. We're good to go here. Yeah, I'll put him at number 26. How about that? Because then you get to do the, the bees. The bees, not the bees! <laughs> That'd be perfect. We'll be good to go on that one. Uh, anyone else inside the top 30 you want to talk about? Inside the top 30? Uh, where did they? Uh, I pushed Devonta Smith down. I, I don't disagree that he's got a top 20 potential any given week, but here's two. Speaking of 20, hasn't scored 20 points at all this year and has four games of 4.3 or fewer points. I said this in the waiver column in my concern section, Pat. 
He's Deshaun Jackson, but he's Tampa Bay Buccaneers Deshaun. <laughs> the bad version of, of Deshaun Jackson is more bad games, and not just bad games, 4.3 or fewer points in four games. Jalen Hurts, I'm not concerned about him because he runs, but Devontae Smith, I have made, like, I would start a safe Landry. I would start Bateman, Waddle, Parker definitively. Uh, Parker is just a top 36 wide receiver, went healthy. Rugs, I was, nah, Marvin Jones against Buffalo. I'd probably stop there. Although I would play Jamal Agnew because, again, Buffalo, it's, it's never a good match. No matchup is good against Buffalo, but at least they're a little bit exploitable in the, in, over in the middle of the field. All right, let's do that then. I'll move Smith one spot behind Ruggs, and then, now how did I do this here? So I'll go <laughs> Slayton, Parker, Ruggs, Jamal Agnew, Devonta Smith in the rankings in the mid thirties. Cause I do think you that they're don't pass on the chargers. Uh, I mean, it's only cause you can run so much on the chargers. The issue in this game is if the chargers, I mean, it's the issue with the chargers every single week is that if they can jump out big early, which they can probably do against Philly. I would think that it's hard to run against them because you can't run anymore. Like you, you're just at a point of the game where you have to pass. And if they have to pass, I'm guessing Smith piles up like a jail and waddle type game possibly I, don't, I just i don't know if that's his game though I, I feel like you might get more of goddard and then rager gets back into the mix and quez watkins gets into the mix too just the thing is again Devontae smith we the upside we know it's four for 120 and touch it's very similar to henry ruggs it's just the volume hasn't been there and the floor is so low in this entire range yes does he have a ceiling higher than most anybody we're talking about right now absolutely but the floor is also definitively lower than most everybody in this range, including people you still have in front of him. I'm not saying push him down further, but his floor is lower than Judy. His floor is lower than, than honestly, probably Van Jefferson at this point. Yeah, and even Darnell Mooney Tunes. Like, that's he's not good, but at least he's posting numbers every single week. He's the only one that Justin Fields connects with. Yeah, they got a connection. He's number 41 in the rankings. Aguilar has started to come around a bit. He's been, you know, what surprisingly is he's been the quote most consistent Patriots wide receiver. Or, like, or born, born, well, born's popped, but Aguilar has been pretty consistent for his games. Actually, even more consistent, and actually scores touchdowns, unlike Jacoby Myers. Uh, yeah, so that forty-one to fifty is Mooney, Aguilar, Myers, Kirk, Boyd, Tim Patrick, Traquan Smith, Nico Collins, Odell, Mikael Hardman at fifty, and then like, would you risk Zach Pascal on Thursday night with Tyo? Mm, depends on my options, obviously, but over the names you have behind them, yeah. Uh, Zach Pascal over Odell Beckham, pff, yeah. Odell Beckham, yeah. He, he finally got his one target at the end of the game. That was See nice. That was, that was cute. Well, you have a, you have a couple <laughs> he, of fill, you have a couple of fill in guys here. So like Pascal sees a, a boost in his role without Hilton and obviously Paris Campbell around. And then you have, let's see, Elijah Moore seemingly ran more routes. I mean, Mims ran the most routes of anyone with Corey Davis out, but Elijah Moore was just... Actually, new. Mims and Keelan Cole ran twice as many as Moore. Moore's but, but, role isn't but, changing unless Crowder goes down. But Mike White actually targeted him in that game, which was nice to see. If you're an Elijah Moore truther, sure. uh, more so than Zoomer Zach. Yeah, but you brought up the point about the speediness of the Colts team is that they can cover underneath better than they can cover deep well they can't cover all the four guys that run underneath they're, <laughs> they're gonna have to pick their poison <laughs> sure and so go crowder which is what you have crowder pretty yeah high. that's why i have crowder is the highest he's the better he's the best route runner of that bunch but like tajay sharp i have at number 54 it's a terrible matchup but 
going to look at the routes run for the Atlanta Falcons uh, on the weekend. Sharp yeah, he Ga- stepped in for Ridley. Yeah, Sharp and Gage ran the most routes. They both tied with 21, which is not great. Zacchaeus only ran 12. <laughs> uh, and then Mike Davis and Cordero Patterson ran 16 and 15 independently of each other. So you don't really want a part of that offense, but I think out of all the Atlanta receivers, I would go with Tajay Sharp first. I have Nick westbrook Ikena at number 55 because I do not expect Julio Jones to play. Once again, John Ross at number 56, assuming that all of these Giants guys are out. I mean, he's good for <laughs> he's going to get two deep shots a game. It's whether or not he can pull one in. But Pat, what if Julio plays and Kenny Galladay plays and <laughs> well, friends, you can check the updated rankings once those guys are in. Plus, I do a recap show of all the injuries and how they adjust the rankings every Saturday afternoon. I even wait till Saturday to do it to make sure we know the most about the injuries. I used to do it on Friday night. And you know what I said? I said, you know what? We don't know all of the injuries and i have things to do on friday night so i'll do it on saturday afternoon gets me an hour away from the kids it's great <laughs> the kids out there with baseball practice i saw i saw that little oh, you said you saw the wolf man he was making some good contacts yeah. so i decided to film him then he instantly just hit the tee and then it fell down the slide <laughs> it was great by the way you're speaking of like cursing things and because you cursed him by watching that you know mike is pushing lauren is pushing cuss for curse value because she keeps killing running backs when she says that she loves them and she went to nashville last week and she got derrick henry killed she's pushing the cuss curse all right we, do we have to get lauren and cuss on a show together i don't know if cuss could handle lauren i'm not gonna lie to you Honestly, that show together might be the most, you, you should try it just even for 30 minutes. That might be the most entertaining 30 minutes you've ever had. I, I got to start working in some of the other people from <laughs> fantasy football picks and bets on the Mayo Media Network, which you should watch. Lauren has her waivers out. Pete Overzet has the early look at DraftKings this week. Laquan and Scott Simpson uh, have your start sits on Tuesday evening. There's, just, there's a ton of great content on Mayo Media Network, not from me, from others out there. Oh, and if you do want to play some over-under props, uh, go to PrizePix dot com code mmn uh that will get you a hundred hundred dollar deposit match at prizepicks.com it gets you eligible for the mayo media network props pool too where you're not going to catch up and win right now but if you do want to start entering if you make a seven dollar and eleven cent entry so so seven bucks and eleven cents every single week if you go five for five on your thursday slash sunday over unders on players it could be carries it could be pass attempts it could be rushing yards receptions whatever it might be your five favorite ones on the board uh you actually get a $50 bonus on top of your winnings uh, on that $7.11 entry if you get them all right. So if you have a small bankroll or sports betting is not legal in your state, that's what you need to go do. PrizePix.com, code MMN when you sign up and get in that 7-Eleven contest. So there's always details in the newsletter and in the description about all of this stuff if you want to check it out some more. We good for running backs, you think? Or wide receivers? receivers. Yeah, (laughs) we good for wide receivers? while you're while you're talking, I was kind of like looking down the list to see if there was anybody that I would push back on, but not not really. I mean, you're gonna update a lot of these. I think Traquan Smith is in a fair place because he's already pushed Callaway for the one and two position there, and you know, uh, Brad Evans, friend of ours, tweeted out earlier this morning that people want to crap all over Taysom Hill, and again, that could be still up in the air, as you mentioned. But well, that well, he's well, more well, accurate. Well, let's talk about him when we get to the quarterback section because I have. Oh no, no, I was gonna I, say I, for Traquan Smith, he's. He's more accurate than Jalen Hurts is. Yeah, he doesn't run yardage-wise as much as Jalen Hurts does, though. That, too. Like, but he, more so, like, just the passes being on target. Yeah, like, he throws I mean, he throws a pretty decent deep ball. I mean, that's primarily yeah. what he's used for. 
Even though you're far from ordinary, the truth is that ED is really common. In fact, 52% of guys aged 40 to 70 experience some form of erectile dysfunction. So go to GetRoman.com slash Mayo now to speak to a U.S. licensed healthcare professional about erectile dysfunction and get $15 off your first month of treatment. ED is more common than most people think, and the benefits of ED treatment can help you reconnect with your partner and rediscover the joy of sex. Roman system is completely confidential and totally discreet. No big logos or labels on the packages. And with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for erectile dysfunction, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. The whole process is straightforward, convenient, and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash Mayo and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving your home. Complete an online visit today to connect with a U.S. licensed healthcare professional and just take care of it. So go to GetRoman.com slash Mayo today. And if you're prescribed, get $15 off your first month of ED treatment. Make sure you're ready to have the confidence and control this fall. Roman ready. GetRoman.com slash Mayo. But let's talk tight ends right now. Let's do it. Uh, Even though he's uh, washed up, according to the internet, Travis Kelsey is still number one in the (laughs) tight end rankings. Darren Waller, Mark Andrews back off by. They're two and three. There is a chance that Waller doesn't play. I do think that he will play, hence why he's in the rankings. But if not, would Foster Moreau be number 13? Oh, I was going to say six. Well, because I'm going to push down two guys. So, All right. Well, I'll, uh, I'll let, let me go through the top 15 so yeah. for, for the people out there. Kelsey, Waller, Andrews, Pitts, Gasicki, Goddard, Firemouth, my guy, Pat Fryermouth, uh, number seven, Dalton Schultz, Tyler, Eleanor, Higby, Noah Fant, CJ, Secret of the Uzma, Tarzan, Dan, Arnold, Hunter, Henri, Zach Ertz, Tower Conklin, that's the top 15. Number 16, shout out to my guy Mo Alicox, who could have a really nice game against the Jets, but he he has to score a touchdown or he's pretty useless. <laughs> yeah, he gets sniped by Jack Doyle last week. Who are the guys you push him back against? Oh, so well, no, so I initially looked for Dan Arnold, um, even against Buffalo. I'm a huge Dan Arnold fan. But so I would act I'm with you. I I second thought, I would pull Dan Arnold with Foster Moreau. All the way up to Pat Fryer, Air Fryer. What do you call him? Firemouth. Firemouth. So I would, I would put Dan Arnold in the same conversation. If I honestly would go for me, let's say it would be Moreau, Arnold, Fryermuth, and then Noah Fant needs to be behind, at least behind Dan Arnold. And Noah Fant, I kept. Well, it's funny that people are like, "What do I do with him in the waiver column?" And this one, I am going to victory lap. Like, look, I put him in the concern section. I warned you for weeks. I said Noah Fant is an issue in consistency before Jerry Judy even comes back, let alone Ogubunwanahanawan. So, <laughs> just stop thinking Noah Fant's going to be top five. I said it forever. <laughs> I don't know if you pronounced that correctly or if you just went Hur. no. <laughs> no, I didn't pronounce it correctly. I, d- I did it similar to the Michael Humanawanahui that used to be. Remember him? I do. And then there was another Chris Mufatu Malafala, which one, the one I actually yes. learned how to say. You actually learned how to say that one? Yeah. That was a good one. I mean, we spent no- all that time learning Ogubunwale. We got that one down at least. Noah Fan's still seventh in fantasy points. He has more fantasy points than Darren Waller does this year. <laughs> But he he's the he's the not he's the non PED Will Fuller, as in he's the not good Will Fuller, where you get twenty points, three, four, five, eighteen, 
two, zero, five, 75 points. Like, it's just, that's who he is. All right. So I'll, I don't love Dan Arnold as much as you do, obviously, uh, but I will bump him <laughs> to a spot above Noah Fan. At least, uh, at least above Higby. No, I'm going to keep. Higby's been I, remarkably gonna, inconsistent. He has been, but I, I would still rather take a guy in just a much better offense, knowing that he could go off during that week. Now, if, like, let's say Denver's offense was running at a much higher clip than scoring like 16 points a game, then I would continue to have Fant uh, even higher, just based off the opportunity of points scored in that offense. If he's going to be one of the three or four top options in an offense that could put up like 50 points in a game, I'd just rather play that guy against Jack in lieu of Jacksonville. The biggest problem with Jacksonville is that Buffalo demolishes these bad teams, like especially on defense, like Buffalo by PFF has the number one defense this year. I don't disagree with that. It really comes down to is Dan Arnold since the second game with them. So the first game there, he already cemented himself in the second game since that second game so three games after the trade the first one he is number two on this team he's actually third in routes and number two in team target percentage actually number one is not even marvin jones number one is jamal agnew wait till the irish assassin comes back james o'shaughnessy see if dan dan arnold so has to his job because o'shaughnessy not afraid just to eat away at every other tight end in jacksonville over the course of like the past (laughs) five years Fair enough. Uh, so, but we agreed that Dallas Goddard's still in front of Foster Moreau, at least. Yes, I would. It would go Kelsey. I guess Waller wouldn't be there. So Kelsey, Andrews, Pitts, Gasicki, Goddard, Foster Moreau at number six is where I would have him. Did you see Chris Berman tried to give Firemouth a whole new name too? Oh, what was it? French Firemouth. I mean, he's he's done better. He's done better. I still, I would, I tell I take air fryer mouth. I would still take fire mouth before I took French fire mouth. French fire mouth is just name. Yeah, fire mouth. French fire mouth is great. That guy, if he's just legally changed his name to Pat fire mouth, that is a, <laughs> it would strike fear into the hearts. I don't of know opponents. why every time you say fire mouth, I just think of the, the flame from the Simpsons, but it's not a fire mouth. But when he had the flamethrower, no, I just, Oh, um, Scorpio. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know why I think of that every single time you said Firemouth. I just think of Ghost Rider. Okay, fair enough. Maybe we can just start calling him Ghost Rider. We'll be good to go. <laughs> can we? Maybe. We'll see. Well, that that's pending. Nickname pending for Pat Firemouth as Ghost Rider. <laughs> we'll see if he continues to be pretty good. Quarterback rankings for Week 9, Josh Allen at number one. It's a Josh Allen versus Josh Allen game. That's always fun to have. Uh, Mahomes, Lamar, Hurts, Matt Stafford, Herbert, Kyler. Cousins, Rogers, Wentz is the top 10. I got Derek Carr and Dak at 11 and 12. Then I got Burrow, Tua, Jimmy, Jimmy G, Ryan Tannehill, Daniel Jones, Teddy Bridgewater, Mike White, and Matt Ryan at number 20. Then you got like you know, Fields against Pittsburgh doesn't seem great. I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. I, I really want to rank Justin Fields higher, but that is not a great matchup. Mac Jones, not- Lawrence, Ban. Simeon. Let's talk about uh, Simeon and Darnold. They have Simeon and Darnold at 25 and 26. Both guys may not play. Darnold's still in concussion protocol. You could probably clear it. If not, it's PJ Walker. And then with Simeon, it could be Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill for me against Atlanta, I'd probably play him over Wentz. He'd probably be my QB 10. <laughs> That's exactly where I was going to put him. 
That's okay, good. I, I, I like that we're on the same page <laughs> with this. Listen, if we're going to treat Jalen Hurts as an upper echelon quarterback, which he is, he wasn't. somehow he wasn't last week when they scored 41 points, which is just mind-boggling. <laughs> uh, but you don't expect <laughs> the Eagles to win by 41 points every single week, uh, especially in this game right. against the Chargers at home where they're underdogs. That's a running Jalen Hurts game. In this game with Taysom Hill, like Taysom Hill's basically the same guy, except for the yardage totals. He's probably more likely to score a rushing touchdown. He is... At, he is more unlikely to throw for as many yards as upside or rush for as many yards as upside. That's why he's like down a tier from Jalen Hurts. Right. And what I was referencing with Brad Evans' tweet is that he's more accurate too. So the while the yards might not be there, you might still get a, a better floor. And the point being is he's still behind Hurts. But the reason Brad was mentioning that is because we still love Jalen Hurts as a top 10 minimum, most likely top five quarterback. So if you take discount Jalen Hurts, who's a little bit more accurate, but everything you just said is that maybe not the rushing touchdown for Hurts, but you get the rushing touchdown for Hill to offset the passing yards and passing touchdowns. He should be a QB one at minimum. So yeah, when you said how high would we go up, I'd slam him in right in there at 10. Although my, I do have one question. Do you have Dak at 12 because you're concerned that he's not hundred percent? Yes. Okay. Yeah. If you knew, like if he's, if he's practicing Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, I'm assuming you'd have him higher. No, actually. Uh, because I do think he's okay. going to, I do think that he's going to play. So you know, obviously he's in the rankings. The the one drawback, I think that they're gonna listen. It's Dallas. I think they'd be if the, he's injured at all. I think they'd be smart to keep him out a little bit longer, especially right. after getting winning a game that they basically thought they were going to lose Should on Sunday, <laughs> but they won it anyway. So that kind of buys you another week. And obviously they're in the running for the one seed. So if they want to keep the pedal of the metal on this one, but I don't think you're going to see Dak run at all. Not that that's a huge part of his game, but his t rushing touchdown equity is a lot higher than a lot of other running backs. And I think you can almost take that off the table with an injured cab. They're just not going to push him in that way. Maybe he pushes himself, sees daylight and runs, and I'm completely wrong. I wouldn't expect that to be any sort of design in this game. And I think against Denver, a, good defense is where I'll put them. They're not great. They're not bad. They're a little bit better than average. That I think that he's going to try to protect himself a lot. I don't see this being a 400-yard passing game for Dak. I see them running a ton with Elliott. I see them running a ton with Tony Pollard because you can do that on Denver. That's not going to be a problem. Like they, If they score 22 points in this game, they're going to win. So why, why push it is sort of where I'm at with Dak. Now, I still have him at 12 because obviously all the weapons, all the passing upside that come along with it, I do think there is downside to him this week, though. Okay. I, I see all that. Uh, just for me personally, I'd probably play him over Kirk Cousins uh, against Baltimore. Ba know, Baltimore, Baltimore Sneaky has like the worst pass defense in football. In one area, you have to hit him in the right spot, which they definitely have Thielen and Jefferson to do so, especially when you're talking about it. it's a lot of it's also up the middle deep. So if you get Jefferson in there instead of outside, you can definitely do that. All that being said is it comes down to if you're talking about eliminating the rushing upside. Now, do you want to tell me Kirk Cousins versus Dak Prescott as passers only in these matchups? Denver is still, you said good. Uh, not that Von Miller is going to destroy that defense not being there anymore, but I'm just taking Dak over Kirk Cousins. I would I would play Aaron Rodgers over Kirk Cousins, even with no Devontae Adams, but it's more... It, that's really what it comes down. It's just more for me of Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins would be behind Dak, Rodgers, and Taysom right there at 11. But I'm not moving him down that far. I'm going to keep Cousins where he is. I just see this being a competitive back-and-forth game that keeps Cousins passing the entire time. There is a situation Hope. like... 
I mean, with, with Rodgers without, and this is without Devontae Adams. I, I don't even know if I would move him up if Adams is back, though, because Rodgers is just essentially touchdown reliant. He's not, he's so, ra- I guess say that he's not going to do it, but how many games has Aaron Rodgers thrown for over like 300 yards in the past year and a half? This year. Oh, I was going to say this year. I don't know. Was he at one this year? I'm gonna, here, I'll pull it up for you and tell you. One this year. Yeah. So one, it was 344 against Cincinnati. Was, this next highest is 274. Last year, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. Seven times last year. Seven times. But, and, well, and, and that was an MVP season for him. Right. But at the same time, since week one, touchdowns, four, two, 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 three, two. Like no, no, he's, 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 he's Tannehill. He's, yeah, he is. I just don't like to I don't like to rely on passing touchdowns when there's other outlying numbers such as yardage that you can make up for that. And then if you get the yardage plus the touchdowns, you're just having a superior week. Like even to look at it right now, like Rogers is where he is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He is the ninth quarterback so far this season. He's significantly behind the yeah. likes of Hertz but, and Stafford and Kyler and Lamar and that kind of thing. He's not significantly the behind same- Lamar, but he's still behind like Burrow. Okay. Well, at the same time, you know, Kirk Cousins has three games over 300, but he also has three games under 240. Sure. He's a boomer so. bust type guy. This feels like a boom week to me with the right matchup okay. and the right scoring environment. Yeah, sure. Okay. Uh, has Green Bay had a buy yet? They haven't, have they? No. I don't think so. All right. Defense. I got a defense for you this week. I nailed the Eagles last week as the pickup D it, that you want to play. You did. Uh, this week, uh, coming yeah, in at number week five. Week 13 for Green Bay, by the way, just so you know. That's a late buy. That's a good one to have. So, there's there's teams on week 14. I think it's Tampa Bay again no, or t- something. They no, gave... t- t- Tampa's on by this week. Oh, that's right. Uh, who is, who's week 14? There's like, f- it's Eagles. Here, I'll just pull it up. Is it just a bunch of irrelevant Eagles, teams? Eagles, Patriots, Dolphins, and Colts all in week 14. Good, good buy for the Colts. Because I think the Colts might be able to sneak the seven seed in the AFC. Just even playing like mediocre football, just based on the division games that they have, the back end of the AFC not being great. Uh, a lot of the teams in the running for the seven seed right now are probably going to have to beat up on each other and eliminate themselves at some point in time. Yeah. That if the Colts can just keep winning the games that they're supposed to win, I think that they're going to sneak in. They could just ride it out. I yeah. was thinking the, the week I was trying to think of was week 12. It's Thanksgiving week when you have Kansas City and Arizona as the only two teams, but it's like two of the biggest hits that you could possibly have and maybe that's how they that's maybe how they come up with it. they're like who are the front two guys in the mvp odds going into the year oh it's mahomes and it's kyler what week do you guys want up we'll take thanksgiving off okay <laughs> <laughs> that'd be nice if they planned it that way defense rankings for week nine i got the rams Bills, steelers and saints as the top four i got the raiders against the giants at number five sneaky outlier i mean maybe pressure it's the pressure number one pressure team in all of football the Las Vegas Raiders. Uh, you know who's uh, bottom five in terms of pass blocking? The New York Giants. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Trust me. I and I, I don't think that people will, I mean, people will, smart people will go to the Raiders, but I think in like, if you're trying to pluck someone off the waiver wire this week, I would go for the Saints over the Raiders, but I think the Raiders are a fantastic play. I do too. I, I'm with you. I Keep going because there's there's one. All right. Colts, Ca- Colts, Cowboys, Patriots, Cardinals, Dolphins. Uh, are the next five, then Texans against the Dolphins, uh, who are generating a lot more pressure in like the past few weeks, by the way. Cowboys, Panthers, Bengals. I have the Cowboys on here twice. That's probably not smart. <laughs> They're seven and 12. That's how good they are. Panthers, Bengals, Browns, Bears, Jets. Um, I want the Cowboys to be at number seven. So I will get rid of them at number 12. That makes the Panthers number 12 now. Good for them. Who was the one you're going to push back on? 
I was going to I was actually going to ask you if one of those Bengals was supposed to be the Chargers. Don't love the Chargers as a fantasy defense. I just don't. I think you can run all over them. That kills the game. They don't have very good pressure, which is really good, really bizarre for them. Uh, the offensive but line. But they is, get some turnovers. They and that's, that's, that's why I was looking at it. It, was, it hurts in the turnovers for this game is why I was looking at it. I just expect, because they're the Chargers and they're so bad against the run, is that teams will, even when they shouldn't be running against the Chargers, teams will run against the Chargers, and that just shortens the game, fewer pass attempts. They don't have as much opportunity to score as a fantasy defense as some of these other teams. Okay. That's certainly fair. I just, for the cutoff uh, all the way down to 16, I just was expecting to at least, I wasn't expecting to be inside your top 10, but... I just expected them to be inside the top 16. That's all. No, so I think if you're streaming, uh, the Saints are available in a ton of leagues, mainly because they just played don't the, understand why. They played the Bucks last week. That's why. Yeah, that, that's true. Most Although people, Emery Hunt called that. That's great. Emery Hunt called them winning outright. Hey, listen, he, he should be on the spread pick show where we all picked the Saints last week. Saints. There yeah. You go. Look the, at the, the Saints have followed a formula of covering. Well, to, the, to cover or to win outright, too? We don't, we don't do outrights. We do spread. It's a spread oh, pick show. I'm sorry. Excuse me, I'm asking. You get out here, did you, what, you do in one of those leagues where you just pick a winner? Those leagues are for cowards. Pick against the spread. No, no, no. But it was like that's how confident he was is that ah. they were going to also they were going to cover and win outright. Okay. Uh, the Saints, every time that they've been favored by more than three points this season, they have not covered. Any time that they have been favored by less than three points or as an underdog, they have covered. So when they're expected wow. to blow someone out, they do not cover. When they are not expected to win the game, <laughs> they win outright or they cover. That's a, that's that's good information. So what are they this week? Yeah, they're they're <laughs> minus five and a half. I'm taking the Falcons just blindly and just going with the formula. There you go. Just 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 do it without even thinking. Yeah, I mean it's not like they score a ton of points. They did last week, but that was just weird. That was weird. So yeah, that's the defense. All right, Jake, your rankings come out midnight on Tuesday evening or Wednesday morning, whatever you twelve oh one. Yeah, twelve oh one. Twelve oh one Wednesday morning. Uh, so just past midnight on theAthletic.com. Yes. What else you got going on? Uh, sleep maybe eventually forever no just there's no such thing right now uh, the waivers column is already out as we're doing this and then your show and then the hulka to talk some dfs and DraftKings and stuff like that and all good stuff oh the apa comes out on wednesday i don't even remember my schedule anymore how about that that's how tired i am the apa <laughs> uh who is farouk and who is bradshaw in this mix yeah so that's why that's why i named it we were coming up with a little acronym for it. it's adjusted points allowed apa damn that's what it is. That's so you can look at matchups and see it accounts for the strength of the opponent versus just saying, you know, if you face Tom Brady every single week or you face Daniel Jones, you're probably going to give up more points when you face Tom Brady. And that's what it accounts for. Farouk, a.k.a. Ron Simmons, legend at Florida State football. That's true. Way back when. I was too young. Uh, and I was going to say, I was gonna, I'm too young for that, though. I think that's like 1983 he was on that team, like the, around that era, like early 80s. Was it? I think so. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go look this up now. You, you I mean, I knew he did. I just don't remember with the years. Ask you. I mean, he was wrestling in NWA in the late '80s. So let's see, NFL draft sixth round pick in 1981. So it was late '70s in 1980. He was at Florida State. There you go. Yeah, too young for that. Way too young for that. No, I'm younger I didn't even than get you. Wrestling until the late. <laughs> I know, but I think he's still way too young for you. <laughs> you go back and you learn the history about this stuff. Sure, but were we even alive at that point? I was 1980. Alive. No, I was not. Alive. Yeah, so there you go. <laughs> he also played. A, let's see, he played for the Ottawa Rough Riders, and he played for the Tampa Bay Bandits, which I assume is a UFSL tier, USFL team, the Trump League. 
Yeah, we had a we had one of those other leagues that was we had a, the Virginia Beach Destroyers. They won the championship with a Schottenheimer, by the way. What league was that? I don't remember. It's one of those like with the A's. Dominic Rhodes was on the team. Oh, that was like a, that's like recently. Yeah, like five six years ago now. Yeah, that was the one that was on CBS. Um, not the XFL. It was around league. for like three years. Oh, oh yeah, that's the one where they actually had like NFL coaches. Yeah. Schottenheimer. Uh, yeah. I think Brian Billick was a coach in that league. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's a few like, who else was like Aaron Rouse, I think was on that team. There's a couple. There was a couple guys that were on the Virginia Beach squad. Did you, go, did you go like, to, oh my God, I remember him. Did you go to many games? I went to the championship game and it was at a soccer stadium. So I bought sideline tickets on the 50 front row and then realized because we're at a soccer stadium, our seats are so low that we stared at the back of football players the entire game. The UFL, the United Football. <laughs> there you go. Is what it was. Yeah, we we had to do this the entire game because you couldn't see over the bench. Oh, Mark Cuban had originally been in discussion with the league as a potential owner, but he was not. Everybody's tuning out of your show now. Yeah, and apparently Nancy Pelosi's husband was one of the four investors. Interesting. Worth it. There we are. All right. That will do it on the Pat Mayo Experience. Play in the Listener's League on DraftKings. Sub to the newsletter. Smash the like and sub to the channel. And check out the rankings down in the description if you need them. Follow Jake on Twitter at Kid. Follow me at the PME. Wednesday, noon Eastern time, I'll be giving away 50 Millionaire Maker tickets to DraftKings. So follow me at the PME and you you can find out how to get one of those tickets for free. All you need to do is have Twitter, which is also free. It makes it pretty easy. I'll see you next time. Have your experience. Experience.